Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. Who cares? Guys, I, um, I think I made a mistake. What's up? Mm. I have recently fallen in love with Beyond Burgers. Because, you know, I don't eat the cows and haven't for almost 30 years now. And uh, the Impossible Burgers are good. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. Beyond Burgers are effing amazing. And I can't stop eating them. I love them so much. I had not had anything that tasted like meat in years in my mouth. And now the Beyond Burgers are out. I'm enjoying hamburgers all the time, and they're great. Well, right, here's, the the mistake. here's the mistake I made. Okay. I did not realize that I am going to be part of a new race of soulless creatures because I am eating plant-based meat alternatives. Mm. That is the word from a program called End Times. Rick Wiles is the minister's name. Yes, Allie? End Times. End Times. How is am the... I not listening to something yeah, no called kidding. End Times? End Times, I know. <laughs> Apparently, it's some sort of a organization, some sort of a, a group, a network that uh, deals with uh, you know the, the, the coming um, uh, of the Lord, I guess. I, 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 I mean, say. honestly, I think we all got that. Yeah. So <laughs> his name is Rick Wiles, and he is very upset by this this new trend of how popular Impossible Burger and Beyond Meat are. And he laid it out for us, and I think it's time for us to spread the word. Mm. When you go to your favorite fast food restaurant, you're going to be eating a fake hamburger. You're going to go to the grocery store and buy a pound of fake hamburger or a fake steak, and you won't know that it was grown in some big corporation's laboratory. Now, I don't know uh. where he thought we thought the product was coming from <laughs> but i think it's not a surprise it's they're not fooling you with it they're not putting it into your food without your permission i mean when you order a fake burger you're doing it on purpose because that's what you want the and, way yeah. he's talking about it is he's talking about the devil uh-huh. and, if he, yes. and if he thinks the lab is crazy for impossible and beyond wait till he hears what he, they do to the cows yeah. yes <laughs> that's gonna be very that's gonna be very bad news for you yeah. i mean don't we all accept that it's Made in a, in a at a corporate laboratory, yeah, right? Of course, yeah, I mean that's that's how that's how food is made, too. By the way, mm-hmm. all right, he returns. This is the nightmare world that they're taking us into. Now, who's the they in Who this? Is, they? is it the people making the fake it's the fake meat? Big meat. Oh, big meat. Yeah. Uh, okay. This is the nightmare world that they're taking us into. They're changing God's creation. Why? Because they want to be God. Okay. Mm. Wait. Well, okay. uh, what? I know that was a that was a leap for me too. They're changing God's creation because they are taking plants and figuring out a way to turn them into animal tasting, animal looking, something edible. Yeah, yeah. but aren't the plants also God's creation? And I edible. Th- <laughs> and edible. <laughs> and, uh, I don't. I mean, I don't, I don't think the I don't think the plants mine. I think the plants are good with it, aren't they? they? Well, maybe. I would so. assume so. Okay. So. Okay. More. They want to do exactly what Lucifer did before the flood. It's why God destroyed it. Okay. <laughs> what? I'm no biblical scholar. <laughs> Run that by me again, would you? Okay. I'm Again, I don't know anything about the Bible, but this statement. They want to do exactly what Lucifer did before the flood. It's why God destroyed it. Because we're taking plants and turning them into hamburgers, 
we're doing exactly what Satan did before God destroyed the earth with the flood. With the flood. Help me with the connection here, you guys. I, I'm not seeing I, it. I think... I don't get I, it. I can't. I really can't. But I assume okay. this is a... Man, we're manipulating... I mean, listen, to get into the mind of an idiot. We're manipulating plants to be like beef in the same way men are trying to be women. You know what I mean? Like, I think he sees it as sort oh, of... Sa- he sees it as the we're, same we're, thing? Yes. I think he thinks we're going against God's work. Like, God wants us to eat these God burgers. God wants us to eat He doesn't cows. want us to eat plant cows. Right, but I mean, this isn't. They grow plant cows. Yeah, well, that's, that's crazy. I mean, you got to see what these cups are doing. <laughs> I mean, it's a crazy snowflake world. But I mean, it's not like I mean, even look, I dis- I would disagree with him if he said this. But it's not even like we're cloning animals or no. anything like that. We're no. literally just taking a plant and figuring out a way to process it so that it tastes better. Yeah, that's all How we're is doing. It possible for somebody to take this this line on this topic. I just, it doesn't I even make sense. It, it doesn't. Well, he, he's not done. He said he regretted that he ever made mankind because they were destroying his creation. The Bible says God is coming back to destroy those who are destroying the earth. Okay. Now, help me out here. Mm. Isn't the production of livestock one of the major problems that we have in this world today in terms of not only the methane gas that you've heard about, but just how much uh, how much grazing needs to be done to keep mm-hmm. those cows alive, the slaughterhouse practices. I mean, the impact that it has on the world. We, we would all be healthier and climate change would be reduced. What's climate if, change? Well, climate change is false. If we ate more plant-based diet, right? I mean, everybody knows and agrees with that. Am I wrong about that? Uh, no, you're right. No, you're well, right. Except the idea that this guy doesn't even believe climate change is a thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, again, I don't get what he, where he's coming from here. So God is an environmentalist. Hmm. He takes this very seriously. He created this planet. He created the universe. Then why did he let Al Gore lose if God's really an environmentalist? (laughs) What's with the stupid electoral college? And he's watching these Luciferians destroy his planet, destroy the animal kingdom, the plant kingdom. Again, we're not destroying the animal kingdom. I I was saying that. If anything, he's saving the animal kingdom. Saving the animal kingdom. Yes, you're saving cows for plants, which we can grow. Mm -hmm. Change human DNA. Why? They want to change human DNA so that you can't be born again. Okay. Oh, <laughs> all right. See, well, now I knew, it all makes sense. I, I wish he led with that. I wish he led with it. Okay. How, how, wow. does, yeah. how does me eating a Beyond Burger change my DNA, and how does that affect me not being able to get born again? He's talking about spiritually, right? Mm, I yep. would hope. Like, yep. I can't accept Jesus into my heart if I eat an Impossible Burger. Correct. Well, mm. you've been taken over by the Luciferians that all are trying Luciferians. to change your DNA. I and d- then God's going to be all, woo, flood, no more. <laughs> More cows. I like the way you say it better. Yeah. <laughs> Allie, you should write your own version of the Bible, the New Testament <laughs> according you. to Allie. Thank I, you. you really do summarize it for me well. All right, so cha- we're changing DNA, I guess. Right. That's where they're going with this, to change the, the DNA of humans so it will be impossible for a human to be born again. I just... I'm just trying to have a burger. Right. <laughs> I'm just starving. I'm just trying to have Not a burger. Not fond of eating cows and <laughs> yeah. hungry. And hungry, right. It just seems like it's so, kind, of, kind of a win-win. They want to create a race of soulless creatures oh. on this planet. Okay, a race of soulless creatures, right. you guys. Okay. Sign me up to be soulless. <laughs> no way. 
The Kevin and Bean Show. Sounds like diarrhea to me. K-Rock. All right. uh, We have spoken many times on this program about how Jensen is, well, he crazy when it comes to collecting Blu-rays and DVDs. That he's not going to watch. That he's not going to watch, most of which well, are still sealed. One day, watch. Yeah. One day oh. when you get a bad disease. Yeah, polio, like polio right? or <laughs> scurvy or, polio, yeah. or like, yeah, scurvy. any of those. Yeah. <laughs> I have enough to watch, is what I'm saying. Jensen, wouldn't you imagine in Southern California, mm-hmm. there are, I'm going to just say it, dozens, maybe a hundred people who have more DVDs and Blu rays than you do. Oh, I would think oh, so. I would yeah. Guess so, yeah. 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 I'm, you have how many? What number are you up to? Well, I have this app on my phone, My Movies, that, that I catalog all of them on. Mm-hmm. 603 is what's listed wow. in my collection. And then there's some that aren't in there. So I'd probably think about 625. All right, 625. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about that before. And then we're, we're talking on Friday during the show, and somehow baseball caps came up. Yeah. And Mug steps up and says, what? I have over a hundred, uh, mostly Dodger hats and other other hats. Yeah, he, but he casually goes, "How many hats you guys have?" And I go, "I don't know. I probably have like 30. And Allie says, "I, I have a lot. I have a lot, yeah. but I don't, I don't know." And then he goes, "I have a hundred hats," and he just steps away. <laughs> yep, yeah, a hundred, a hundred baseball caps. Most of them never even worn. What? What? Uh, how come? Uh, I think most of them are like kind of like rare releases. Uh-huh. So I don't want to. Get my sweat and gook on them. Yeah, because I mean okay. the uh, the resale market on right? hats is just killing it through the roof. Yeah, through the roof. It's Look, people, people put their kids through college on hats. Jensen, you kid, but there are some uh, limited edition Dodger hats that people want their hands on. What's your most prized one? I would say the Father's Day Dodger hat of 2017, the light baby blue mm-hmm. with the blue LA. Uh, that's a hot mod. That's a hot commodity. Now, will you wear that? No, I have not worn that, nor will I ever. So you have it in, getting... a gla- in a like a glass box with lighting. No, they're just they're just up on my shelf. Uh, I, I so took... really protecting That's them a good for that reason, yeah. Yeah. keeping the dust off them. <laughs> I just give them a, a brush off once in a while. Uh-huh. So do you get do you get no enjoyment from that hat? I I like looking at it. Dork. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> Bigger dork. All right. So then DJ Omar Khan steps up, and now we're starting to find out that almost everybody on this show collects something, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I I don't even know how many compact discs I have. I've been collecting them since they became new. I have tens of thousands of yeah. them. You know, and like Jensen, a lot of them still unopened. Okay, so Jensen's got his uh, DVD, Blu-rays, uh, mugs. You got your hats. DJ Omar Khan, you say what? Uh, I collect uh, Coca-Cola memorabilia. Mm. I have a uh, uh, 300, 400 items. I don't know. I lost count. Wow. Uh, everything ranging. You should get an app like Re- Jensen has. Yeah, I keep <laughs> track of all of them. Uh, Coca-Cola Hot Wheels, Coca-Cola Lamp, Coca-Cola uh, phone, uh, different bottles. Uh, Some of us refer to it as just Coke. Coke. Yeah, but uh, with, that, with Omar, there could be a misunderstanding there. So that's true. That's a good point. He says cola. That's a good point. Um, one of my prized possessions is a 1940s Coca-Cola uh, workerman's jumpsuit. Oh. It's, oh. Yeah, Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's awesome. Where does it's this awesome. start? Like, yeah, how do you get into this? this? Uh, this actually started as a joke. Uh, my friend in high school started collecting Pepsi products. This is just a counter move? <laughs> totally. And then it just took on a life of its own. Like, you know, everybody's like, oh, Omar collects Coke stuff. Like, they thought I was for real. And then I started enjoying it. So at Christmas, my birthday, everybody would just buy me wow. Coca-Cola stuff. Wow. Yeah. Uh, d- dumb question. Do you enjoy Coca-Cola? Absolutely. <laughs> 
Right. He's a Pepsi guy. Cocaine. Sure. Right. Yeah. So, Less memorabilia for that, though. Yeah. Do you have, like, a setup? Is it a special oh, area? So my wife was uh, kind enough to uh, give me the kitchen. So you walk into the my kitchen. kitchen? Yeah, and I decked out my entire kitchen and Coca-Cola stuff. Yeah, I have Coca-Cola cookie jars, uh, Coca-Cola... Um, Things where you put flour in and Coca-Cola. Yeah, canisters okay. and stuff. Yeah, everything's all decked out. Three to uh, 400 Coke items, though. Maybe more. I don't know. I lost oh count. Gosh. And then I have stuff in storage because the wife was like, okay, that's enough. That's enough. Don't, <laughs> yeah, get, don't get, get crazy. We yeah. get it over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how about Dewey in Riverside? He's on line one already calling in. You won't believe how many of this item he has. Hey, Dewey. Hey, guys. How's it going? It's going Great. well. Thank you. Uh, Your collection? Uh, 2,500 Hot Wheels. Whoa. Whoa. 2,500? Now, I know that yeah. is a popular collectible around the world but how many different hot wheels have there been uh, there's been a lot i i don't collect the crazy stuff i collect the cars that you would see on the roads but there's so many different paint schemes wheel combinations and interior combinations that each one's worth value is different do we i've do been you, collecting since the early 90s do you open them um so half of them are open because mm-hmm. I used to display them when I was younger, and the other half are still in their Box. packages. Mm. Wow. So, so you might have like 25 different Mini Coopers because they all look a little different. Yeah, so there's one car that I have that's worth at least $150 because they only did one run of it, and there's a certain paint scheme. It's an old Mercury Cougar or something like that, huh. and it's worth $150. All right, Dewey, we'll have fun with that. Thank you so much for the call. All right, let's go to our friend uh, John Elisa Viejo, line three, please. Hey, John. I collect uh, restaurant matchbooks, and I have probably a 1,000 at least. Wow. Wow. Is this from places you've all been to personally? Yes. So I've got to go to, uh, you know, I had a job where I had to actually travel globally, so I've got got them from all over the world. So, uh, you know, one of the prized ones is from uh, Nobu Restaurants. They have a Nobu in Tokyo where... They had restaurant matchbook. The rest of the Nobus don't have them. Oh, uh, nice. In the, so it's kind of cool. You have yeah. a big display cabinet, or are they in a box? I have a display cabinet that my wife uh, has made actually three or four of them. But I also have them in one of these kind of candle hurricane holders. And people have commented, is that really smart You to have these in the house? Yeah. Um, <laughs> this, this could end a lot of collections of yours. <laughs> you know? And the answer to that question is... Uh, no, no, I don't tell okay. my insurance agent. Right. Good. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, enjoy those matchbooks. Thanks for the call. <laughs> Let's go to Erica, line five, please. Your Belinda. I don't think I've ever heard of this as a collection. Hey, Erica. Good morning, guys. What do you, what you got? I, I have about over 2,000 of those flat pennies that you can put in the machine and you turn the dial and it smashes the penny down. Now, uh, I'm just speaking for me, but I saw one of those once, and that was the only time I ever needed to see it. I, I was over the excitement of seeing a pressed penny after the first one. Mm-hmm. What keeps you going back for more? They, they're it's pressed, Bean. Just... They're flattened out. <laughs> you pay a dollar for this penny. That's amazing. <laughs> no, it's actually 50 cents okay. to get your penny back, but it's for traveling. It imprints like, like this past weekend I was in San Francisco, so I have one of the Golden Gate Bridge. Okay. Oh, right. Okay. So, so like, is it, like is every that, city you go to have them? Oh, interesting. Okay. So yeah, it's like memorabilia from your from your travels. What's the uh, what, what's the furthest away of a press penny that you have? Um, I'm trying to think. When I was a kid, probably Washington D.C. Okay. All right. What a traveling to the East Coast. You guys remember? They're not the... really. I've been to Europe. They're not really a thing in Europe. Okay. All right. 
I don't think they're much of a thing here, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Kevin and Bean Show, the world famous K Rock. So we're at the Weenie Roast, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know why it popped into my head, you guys, but I felt like I should share it with you. I don't either because you're not. Quote unquote athletic. The jock type. <laughs> right. Right. He, he we were just sitting there and someone says, You're about to go out there to introduce a band and they're all holding their microphones. They said twenty seconds. We go, Great. So we sort of get ready and he turns to us and he goes, You know, I've always wanted to run a marathon. And we literally were like, What? And he's like, I'd do one right now. And I was like, What is he talking about? Yeah, that made no sense. And so it obviously we clung to it. And sure. now we've said, you know, Muggs, myself, and Bean have all said we would probably run a marathon. Mm-hmm. We're very early in this. Yes, we're just <laughs> discussing it. You're and, still, I mean, Bean says it's a complete thought mm-hmm. and it's a done deal. I'm not even sure we're there yet. Um, but I will tell you that Muggs is a runner. Sure. And Genton has been a serious runner, like five miles a day. And yeah. you, Bean. I have, uh, I hustled once uh, to beat a red light <laughs> across a crosswalk. That was the extent but, of my running. But only the first half. Yeah, yeah. that I strolled. So we started talking about this yesterday of the year. And by the way, tons of listeners weighing in going, I trained for a marathon in six months and I ran a marathon. I never thought I would run one, but I did it. I mean, it, there's a lot of people out there who have done it. This is not an impossible task. Our friend uh, Bert Kreischer, the machine, he ran a marathon with zero training. But I heard from a number of Kevin and Bean listeners who said, hey, why don't you check in with your best friend in Hollywood, Jimmy Pardo, who has run multiple marathons and get some tips from him. And I thought, well, if if Jimmy can do it, I can do it. That's what I thought. Is that true, Jimmy Pardo? Well, I don't, I don't like that take on it. <laughs> I, I, I think the take should be if Bert Kreischer could finish one, you could do, uh, you could do it. So, where, Jimmy, where do you think the shirt came off with Bill Cre- uh, Bert Kreischer before the? Uh, the oh, oh yeah, before oh, the starting gun. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, no, he, he started. He started with the shirt off. Absolutely. So, okay. Jimmy, even though yeah. you're my best friend in Hollywood, I guess I didn't realize that you've run multiple marathons. How did you get started? Were you always a runner? Well, for, first of all, we talked about it the last time I was on the show. <laughs> we did. I don't true. listen to the. Show. We did. I don't um, listen to the show. I've uh, no. Here's what I, I, I forget what it was, but I I I, I, I do one of those stupid mud run things. Uh, you know the warrior dash, and I had never done any nothing, nothing, no no running, no extra, nothing. And so some friends said, let's do the warrior dash. I was like, well, I better get prepared for that. So I got ready to do that, which was only three miles. Okay. I then said, hey, I'm enjoying this running thing. I wouldn't. I could see maybe doing a half marathon someday, and then a fan of Never Not Funny, the award-winning podcast, Never Not Funny. <laughs> um, he he contacted me and said, "Hey, my wife is involved in the, um, the that rock and roll one that they do around Halloween, and uh, you could be part of their team. Uh, so maybe you want to uh, train for that." So I got an app. Uh, uh, these are on your telephone. Uh, being the application. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, look into that. Sure. Uh, and then they that walked me through how to get ready for it, and I went literally from, you know, running not even a mile a day uh, to then training for the half marathon. I did that, and um, and then kind of got addicted to it. Ran a bunch of half marathons, and then when it was time for the 2016 marathon uh, to sign up, I said, you know, I'm going to give that a try, and wow. uh, I did it. How's wow. that for an answer? Now Is that helpful. Well, yes. here's the thing: is Bean skipping all of that story right up until the last five seconds? <laughs> how how do you feel about would, starting with a marathon? I think that's the dumbest thing in the world. Because, <laughs> well, first of all, you, you've got to get, in your training. You've got to get to the half marathon. So why not train for the half marathon, uh, which would be like in October uh, here in, uh, in the Los Angeles area, and then 
the marathon. Well, you're going to be over in England running around. Well, that's, what, to that's, Ireland? that's part of the reason why the, there's a sense of urgency to do it before I go. All right. Is there time for a half marathon before the marathon being? Yes, of there, course. There is. Okay. I can do a half marathon after the show today. Oh, you can't sakes. do anything. You barely run across the street, you just said. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I just... You're being how, disrespectful to people that run. <laughs> Jimmy, how, I'm, in, in all seriousness, how hard can it be? You just put one foot in front of the other, and you don't stop until you cross the finish line. That's it. That's all okay. there is to it. Here's my okay. favorite part of that sentence is, um, it's easy. It is easy. <laughs> it is not easy, okay. you a-hole. It is, it's very difficult. It's, you, can, you can get hurt. I pulled, you know, I, I, my, I, I snapped my IT band several times. Um, <laughs> you, you, it's, you can get hurt. This is Jensen's pipe in here. You run? Jensen's running too. I, well, I haven't run in about a year, but I mean, before that, I was doing five miles a day, about six days a week. And, and it, I, I would say it is difficult, but I think if, if Bean wanted to commit to getting into shape, it is a very easy pastime to, oh. to follow the schedule on, and then you become good at it. Yes, of course. But the way he's running his mouth is that he wants to do it tomorrow. Well, I could do it after the show today. You could do it after the show today. That's what he said. He said he could do a half marathon after the show today. What about the nipples, Jimmy? That's the one thing I do read about. Tell me about that. I will tell you that, yeah, you've got to put some Vaseline or they've got you know special products for that. That's for real, though. That's a legit thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, the nipple, it's, it's awful. If, if it's anywhere near a chilly day and you've got a, the wrong shirt on, it, 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 God, no, no, you know, now I'm on Chrysler's side. Take that shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> also, can we bring up the poops? Is that something we should talk about, Jimmy? Not, not, not with me. I mean, you can talk about that when I hang up. There, but there are, there are people who, who have issues they just power on. I look. I, I I'm not ever competing to be the first guy to win to finish. So mm-hmm. if I have to use the restroom, I stop and use the restroom. And if it means I got to add three to five minutes to my time, who cares? Okay. And does yeah. that go for lunch as well? Could you stop and like at an Absolutely. Olive Garden or something on the way? Stop yourself a nice, uh, nice has maybe something open faced. Whatever you like. <laughs> I don't know if you heard, but Olive Garden was his choice. <laughs> well, I just throw it out there. Just throw it out there. Well, listen, you're like family when you go there. So they, uh, they <laughs> all right. Well, listen. I am. Uh, I don't know if you guys. You're plan was to discourage me by having Jim Oparo. Oh, well, on, I don't know. What, what's your reaction to Jimmy? My reaction is it's it's easier now than I ever thought it was. Jimmy, your thoughts? I, again, I, 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 look, here's, here's the honest to God truth. Not, not trying to be funny already. I never thought I could do it either, and I just started training to do it, and it worked out, and I enjoyed doing it, and I guess I've done three. Uh, I don't know if I would ever do a fourth one. I think mm-hmm. maybe I've, I've gotten that out of my system, but I, I do think with the prop, you, you got to properly train yeah. or else okay. you're going to hurt yourself. Yeah, because right. you do have you to keep in mind, Bean's legs do look like if toothpicks had veins. <laughs> yeah, right. so, so it's dangerous. Yeah. Uh, all right. Fair enough. You have not discouraged me, Jimmy. And How's will, that possible? And I will talk to you more about this uh, <laughs> offline. But uh, thank you for coming on and sharing your experience. And I do urge everyone to go to the award-winning podcast, NeverNotFunny. NeverNotFunny.com is where you'll find the I just want to Jimmy jump in Pardo. and say the, uh, the episode with Jay Moore was fantastic. Oh, thank you very much. Yes, yes he's uh, a great friend of your show and my show, and I'm uh, uh, happy to know him. Thanks for coming on today, Jimmy. We appreciate, appreciate it, it, Jimmy. Bye-bye. You, you bet, you guys. Good luck to everybody. <laughs> Thanks, bye. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-Rock. K-R-O-Q. Q. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. 
You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast it's the world famous k-rock 1067 this is the kevin and bean show sitting in here with me is the beer mug yo jensen hi beer mug it's time for what's happening uh did you see any movies this weekend beer mug no, no, in fact, I was supposed to go. See, oh my God! Are you dying? Me. Yeah, I'm dying. Okay. I was supposed to go see Honey Boy, but then uh, I uh, got food poisoning on Saturday. Marks, I didn't ask about that. I just oh. asked if you went to see a movie. Nope, didn't see one. Okay, well, a lot of people did see movies. Jumanji: The Next Level mm-hmm. scored 52.4 million in box office receipts for the opening weekend. Mm-hmm. Worldwide, it reached 196 million. Wow. Stars The Rock, Kevin Hart, Jack Black, and Karen Gillan in a sequel to the successful 2017 reboot called Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. Uh, and it's uh, pretty successful. Did you see the first Jumanji? Was that with Not Robin, the Roy- Robin Williams? one. Not I the- mean the reboot, the uh, Jumanji with Dwayne Johnson. No. Neither did I. No. I've heard good things. But you did see the Robin Williams one. Yes. Okay, good. Yes. Uh, Frozen 2 landed in second, uh, in second place, 19.2 million. Have you had to see that because you're a kid? I did. She loves it. Right. <clears throat> and, excuse me. Are you truly dying? No, well, I don't, the building, as you know, is like 42 degrees. Yes. And it's like 43 degrees outside. But then our outside. room itself is like 75 It's degrees. 70, it's nice It's in hot here. in here. It's, it's like a, a sauna. Warming, it's a warming hut. It's a sauna. Yeah. You should put on a shirt. I, I mean, I was freezing. <laughs> right. But yeah, no, Frozen 2, she loves it. Mm. Um, she wants to see it again and again. It's funny because... The song in it uh, that they do... Is that the Brendan Urie song? No. Because uh, no. oh, Brendan Urie does have a song. Yeah, he does. Too. You're right. But yeah. the the main theme, they try to make like Let It Go. Oh, right. You could a tell. A new one. Like a new one. Mm-hmm. It's not quite Is it, it called Let It Go Again? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> keep letting it go. Yeah, well, you keep, don't pick it back up <laughs> is the new one. But it's, it's, it's good. It's good. It's not as good as the first one in my All opinion. Right. But Well, the very good Knives Out came in third with $9.1 million, And uh, Clint Eastwood's Richard Jewell, which I also saw this weekend, and horror film Black Christmas snagged four. 4.9 million and 4.5 respectively below the expected 10 million a piece that they thought they would get but they came in fourth and fifth. Richard Jewell's good. It's okay. Yeah. It's not I mean it just kind of happens. Yeah. Sad. Like 
we all kind of know how that turned out, yeah, right? they screwed over a fat dude. It's a real <laughs> bummer. Uh, a Dallas woman discovered her bank account had more than $37 million in it. What? And it turned out to be a clerical error, much like that Monopoly card. Oh, my God. Uh, but what stood out for me in this story is the woman's name. Yeah. Rush Balloon said she checked... <laughs> Her account balance at Legacy Texas Bank and was shocked to see $37,203,337 in the account that she couldn't explain. Now, so she sees the she sees yes, the account. her name is Rush Balloon. Rush Balloon, yes. Right. We, we Reminding can't, you that. We can't gloss that over. Rush Balloon. Rush Balloon. Mm-hmm. She sees the money in her account. Now, does she mention something to the bank? Well, or? her quote was, I, I was like, whoa, I have a lot of money, which <laughs> proves that Rush Balloon is a genius. Uh, Balloon said she then told her husband about the mysterious fortune, and then he called the bank. So yeah. he's a real narc. Yeah, uh, Legacy Texas Bank told the couple the money was a result of a clerical error and the mistake would be corrected immediately. It ended up being a problem with an international transaction, but mm-hmm. mistakes like this in the past have caused quite a lot of issues. A New York man was sentenced to probation in 2010 when $5 million was mistakenly deposited into his bank account. Wow. His name, not as cool as Rush Balloon, no. Benjamin Lovell, he was 50 years old, said he repeatedly tried to work the situation out with his bank, but ended up spending a chunk of the funds on investments, gifts, and medical costs. You know what's hilarious about that, Jensen? Hmm. I got somebody else's paycheck here at K-Rock one Go time. Go on. And it, that somebody was like a real high up. Okay. Was, and it I, was like Jonathan Cranmau or something? It was like <laughs> just a couple letters off? <laughs> and, and I was like, oh my God, uh, if I don't say anything now, mm-hmm. there, and I do accept this this payment... They're probably going to just like dock me for like the oh, next like eventual. year. Eventual, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I, I better go ahead and say something. So That's I, the best bet. I fess. And up. also, what happens to that guy when he gets a check? He's like, oh, I have pennies. I have, je- I have beer <laughs> money. Check. How does this person make a living? Oh my God, is this? I got a homeless <laughs> man's check. <laughs> what? How? How am I going to live? Wow. Uh, well, anyway, Lovell was eventually charged with larceny, pleaded guilty to a lesser charge as a deal, and he was sentenced to probation. But he got some of that five mils, so. Yeah. You tell me. She's taking advice from Rush Balloon. Yeah. Oh, boy. Don't we all? <laughs> Every once in a while, I just think to myself, oh, I wish I was Rush Balloon. Uh, today's birthday is Benjamin Bratt. You know him from private practice in Law and Order. The Refrigerator Perry, uh, the Chicago Bear who did the Super Bowl shuffle. Yep. Kristen Ritter from Breaking Bad and Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23. Benny Anderson of ABBA and mm. Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top. Those are the birthdays, and that is what's going on. Yeah. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. Plenty of bad news. That's easy to find. But once a week, we give you five minutes of good news. In fact, I'll even go one step higher than that. Five minutes of great news. When you wake up, all you hear is bad news. So bad it makes you want to hit the snooze. Kevin and Bean can make that go away. It's time for great news Kevin, I'm gonna start kidding? today. What? What? I think. I, 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 I think. I thought. Yeah, you are. Wait. Yeah, you are. When uh, when your kids were uh, young, yep. did you ever accidentally lock them in your car? Uh, no. That is surprising to me. <laughs> Knowing how forgetful you are and how many things you leave behind. I mean, honestly, I feel like I was probably followed around by someone to make sure. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. stunned that you didn't like. You're in the Kmart. You go. 
Wait a minute. I think I brought the kids with me. No, I don't understand that, to be honest. That's that's a whole level of not paying attention that even I don't do. Well, it does happen now more often than we'd like, that's for sure, because it potentially can be very dangerous. This story comes out of Florida. It won't believe you, but believe me, it has a happy ending. An unnerving moment for any parent, that child locked inside an SUV outside the Pasco County Courthouse. Thankfully, Pasco deputies were nearby, and a rare moment of inmates working with law enforcement. Is she okay in there? One-year-old Dallas alone, trapped inside her family's SUV. By the way, are we rooting for or against the kid if her name is Dallas? I mean, I don't, I don't think it's the kid's fault. Okay. Yeah, and we need new strippers. <laughs> That's right. Okay. All right. So uh, there are police officers around while the kid is locked in the car, and also inmates on a work release program. They'll turn out to be very important in this story. Okay, baby. Her father tossed the keys in the front seat. The doors locked after he buckled her in. Trial the door. Trial the door. The front door. The driver door. A crowd quickly forms to help, including a group of deputies and work release inmates they supervise. You know, the trustees are people who made mistakes. We're trying to rehabilitate them and get back in society. Five low-risk offenders jumping into action. They were repairing medians outside the West Pasco Judicial Center. Surprisingly, somebody had a wire coat hanger, able to get the door open enough to get in there, unlock the door. Unlikely teamwork saves the day. Yes, thank God. By the way, this uh, in Florida, the inmates are wearing the old 1930s black <laughs> and white outfits. That I was they very used to surprised to see that. It was almost like really? a comedy sketch. Yeah, yeah. And where did the wire coat hanger come from? Don't Who know. had a coat hanger with them? Probably just one of the prisoners. So, the, so some of the some of the inmates pulled the door open enough for them to get the coat hanger in there and were able to to pop the lock. Sheriff Chris Nako says this inmate's unique skill set came in handy. Only when the deputy's around, we give permission, can you break into that car? In Dallas, his parents tell me, despite the scare... Honey, was that stressful? <laughs> oh, my God. She is doing just fine. <laughs> ah, beat it, kid. <laughs> so uh, everything's uh, fine. The inmates save the day. And that's my great news. Mine comes from Houston. A five-year-old student in Willis has a lot to smile about is her teacher's sweet gesture. Uh, Priscilla Perez is the five-year-old's name. Her mom cut her hair. Mm-hmm. And it used to be like shoulder length. You'll hear her tell this story, but you can't really understand what she's saying. But her mom just chopped it off, and then she was getting made fun of at school because of that by, from all the other kids. Mm. And the teacher, the kindergarten teacher... That stepped up and showed the love that she had for this kid was amazing. The five-year-old student got a rough start to the school year, and it all had to do with her hair. It shoulder length like here, and then my mom cut it. It was shoulder length like here, then my mom cut it. Mm-hmm. And you just know that the little kid is thinking, stupid mom cutting my hair. About that time, friends started to color a boy. And those words from her classmates cut deep. I will cry because... I think that school was not fun. Priscilla would come to school in a hat and refuse to take it off. She finally came to me and said that she wanted her hair long, and I asked about her hair, and she said that it was short underneath her hoodie. But this challenge was not one Miss Grimm would back down from. So it was almost to my waist, my waistline, my hips right there. She's talking about her own hair. To her was hips. to her hips. Wow. This teacher decided to cut her hair. I am going to do other things for my friends in my classroom other than just teach them. I'm going to show them the love and the support that they need in order to learn. The new hairstyle did the trick. A lesson in a classroom that will stay with this little girl forever. And who, who's beautiful? Pris- yeah, Priscilla's beautiful. Isn't that sweet? 
Well, now we have two people with terrible haircuts instead of just one. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see how that's a step in the right direction. <laughs> she even like matched, had matching bows for every day so that she could match the little girl so that the girl didn't feel so alone. And it literally stopped people from making fun of the kid. I mean, to her face, right? <laughs> and that's By the my... Way, I mean, it's had a little bit of momentum, but go ahead. <laughs> what's, the, what's the deal with the mom, by the way? Why'd she cut her hair? I don't know. Yeah, Mom's yeah. never not interviewed. And how furious is she going to be at this teacher, by the way, showed her up like that? All right, back to you. And that's my great news. My story is out of Newton, Massachusetts, and there's a town with a little two-year-old girl, Samantha Savitz, in it. She's deaf, and she loves to go on walks with her parents and chat with anybody possible. She just wants to engage with all of the neighbors. And her whole personality changes when somebody, you know, comes out and they try and engage with her. The only problem is it sometimes makes her really sad when she's, you know, doing sign language and people can't do it back. And here is what they have to say about that. Her desire for engagement has been painfully obvious to everyone in the neighborhood. Whenever they see her on a walker in her yard and Sam tries to be neighborly, they find themselves at a frustrating loss for words. I didn't know what to say back. Wouldn't you like to talk to her? You know, basic conversation that one would have with a child. Asking her about her day. And make her feel that she is part of the neighborhood. Just be her friend. So those are all the neighbors that how are like, about how all the do neighbors we, in that neighborhood? Right? They're like, how do we talk to her? And Steve Hartman in the story says, this isn't something that a casserole can fix. You need the whole community to get together and learn sign language, sign language which is insane, which right? Which is never going to happen. Except it did. Uh, all of her neighbors got together, hired an instructor, and are now fully immersed in an American sign language class. She's brought this community together that just wants to be able to communicate with this little girl when she's out on her walks. And this level of inclusion obviously is going to do so much just for Sam, let alone the neighbors. And her parents said that they're already seeing a difference in Sam. Like she's That's rarely sweet. let down. She's really rarely sad anymore, which is so wonderful. And this is a beautiful ending to the story because Steve Hartman he sums it up perfectly here. Sometimes it feels like America is losing its sense of community. But then you hear about a place like this, where the village it takes to raise a child is alive and well, and here to remind us that what makes a good neighborhood is nothing more than good neighbors. Oh, they got together and they all learned sign language. First thing that you sort of lose when you grow up is the idea that everybody can get together and do something. You just go, it doesn't happen. Absolutely. Everyone Three of stays them will, to themselves. but then everybody else will stay home. Yeah, this whole neighborhood got together to learn sign language to make life for little Samantha a little bit better. And I think that's amazing. And that is my great news. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. Introducing Rock and Roll. All right, let's talk about uh, back-in parking. Backing up parking. What do you call it? Reverse parking. Backing into a spot parking? Yes. Yeah. Let's call the it that. move. Right. <laughs> let's call it that. Yeah. Uh, we have some <laughs> listeners. If you're a tool, you back into your parking space. Wow. I mean, Dean's the... coming hard at people that are doing yeah, this. It's wrong. Because... It's not the thing to do. All right, listen. Uh, Grant and Sarah are married, and they both... I mean, not for long. Right? <laughs> this is tearing them <laughs> with, apart. With this kind of nightmarish marriage. <laughs> it does sound like this is the deal breaker. Uh, who, sh who should we bring on first, or should we bring them on both together? Grant, hi. Hello. Sarah, hey, hi. Hi, good morning. Okay. Hi, Sarah. How long you kids? Uh, how long you kids been married? 
We just had our 10-year anniversary, actually, in February. You, so you just had your last wedding anniversary. It was a good okay. run. <laughs> it was That's a pretty good run. 10 years these days is considered a successful marriage. Yes, definitely. So, so we got uh, we got tweets from both of you a few days ago, and Grant, I think, hit us first, where he wrote to all of us on the show, Allie, Bean, Kevin, Jensen, reversing into parking spots. What's up? Sarah... <laughs> My wife says it's a D-bag move. I found it easy, convenient, and a quick way to pull out. Ding. Thoughts. Um, what are the circumstances here, Grant, of where you are doing this backing into your parking space and why? Before we hear uh, your wife's rebuttal, I want to hear from you why you're reversing into a parking spot. Okay, so it's not like I do it every single time. Um, it's mostly uh, where, where we live. There's a few, there's a few parking spots. I'm sorry, spots. what, Sarah? Yeah, Sarah has a cough, I think. What did you say, Sarah? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I hope she's not getting Bend sick. Here. Yeah, I mean, she's okay. <laughs> um, so it's not like I do it everywhere out in the wild. Uh, there's just a few parking spots around the house where we live, and it's just easier for me to back up into the spot. Um, and, it's part. It's kind of part of a routine, you know. Okay, and, but when you say it's easier, it's technically easier to pull frontwards into a spot than it is to back into a space. I mean, I think we can all at least, even if we come down on different sides of this, it is easier to pull into a space than it is to back into a space, correct? Uh, it depends on how good of a driver you are, I guess. Right? No, that, <laughs> I, I have to put my foot down. <laughs> there is no universe where backing into a spot is easier than going in forward, but I will give you that leaving the spot then once you've backed into yeah, it is easier. that's but where the convenience right, I mean, It's a little bit easier that way as well. Okay. Yes, it's definitely easier to pull out, but why lie about it being easier to pull in? I mean, that, I mean already I'm <laughs> yeah. predisposed to rule against you just because you're not bringing us full facts here. That's all facts, all facts. So I don't have to back up and like have to look to see if I'm straight or you just pull, you know, you just kind of do a little three-point turn going forward and then back up straight. You're all good. All right. Sarah, why do you hate it? I cannot stand it. Because? because it's just rude to the people who may be pulling in behind you also looking for a parking spot to do the three-point turn to back into your spot. Amen. I I think it's just the most obnoxious. Like, when I come home and see those headlights sticking out, I go into a rage blackout. Like, I, I don't even remember the walk from my driver's seat to the house because I'm just sitting there dividing, like, weekends and holidays with the kids. Like, monthly <laughs> Hey, uh, Grant, you need to get out. <laughs> you really do. <laughs> well, Sarah, I love your... I love your I love tweet to us where so you much. said, where are you going in the morning that you're in such a hurry? Whole Foods will be there after a three-point backout. Stop it. That's a great point. I mean, are you a race car driver or something, Grant? Where do you have to go that you can't give up that eight seconds in the morning? Yeah, well, I'm a chef, so I go grocery shopping every morning. Um, so everyone knows going grocery shopping first thing in the morning when no one's there is the best time to do it. So, mm-hmm. so you rarely have anyone waiting for you because I think that's the part that makes you a douchebag. I agree. Yeah. If no one's oh. waiting on you, who cares? <laughs> oh, people are waiting on you. <laughs> no one's waiting on me per se, but I have to have certain things done by a certain time at work. So it, it's part of a routine, you know. Like if I park in that spot every, you know, every time when I get home. So when I walk out in the morning, I turn right and I go down the stairs, and then I get in my car and I go. But if I have to park somewhere else. <laughs> And it's straight. I have to go down the left stairs, and it just ruins my whole day. Oh, wow. I, I, now <laughs> I realize the problem is that Grant's a psychopath. 
<laughs> see, I would think of all people, Jensen and Bean would respect that aspect of I, it. I do see it. He did connect yeah. with me there, but okay. I also am like, dude, if you're really OCD, or I mean, mm-hmm. you, you shouldn't, I, I, at least for me, backing into the spot creates a lot of issues. People walking by, dinging another car. You don't have as much control in the in the backup. All right, here's mm-hmm. what I'll say, though, is I back up um, like at my home where there's no traffic, no one's waiting on me. Mm-hmm. Right. And I know this is going to sound ridiculous and stupid, but when you get in and you pull your car straight out, it feels like, I know you're saving two seconds, it feels yeah. like you're saving five minutes. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's the best thing ever. Wait, and not only that, to speak to Kevin's point, he's backing in when it's light out. Correct. So he can see, and he's pulling <laughs> forward when it's dark out, which Thank is you, when Allie. you want to be pulling out forward. Thank you. You're welcome. I don't think God yeah. intended for us to do that. I think he intended uh, us to park yeah. nose first. Oh, Sarah's with you. Yeah. Bringing God yeah. into it. Sarah, what wow. about yeah. what about Allie's think... point there about the light, about the, the fact that now you're pulling out in the dark where it might be safer to pull out forward? When we when we leave in the morning, it's still a light out, right, babe? Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Grant, she she just brought right. the right babe. Yeah. Right babe? Yeah. Looking at him. Right Listen, babe? Can I, can I add in one more thing, too? Yeah, certainly. Art, my, kids, my kids have gotten into this little, like, debacle in the house, too. And Parker has told me, Grant, when you pull in, you pull into a normal parking spot first, nose in, and then you back in, which means you're parking twice. Okay. Oh, and you have snitch kids. A, I love that your Snitches son. Snitches get stitches, Yo, by the way. Hold on. Your son's name is Parker. <laughs> oh, believe it. Yes, believe it. That believe wins. it. Pretty We're talking about parking. Right. Uh, I'm, so, so I'm a comic head, so his name's Parker for a reason. You That's guys, you guys truly have little feds in your yes. life. Just yes. talk, talk closer to my I didn't know that he was ratting me out. Yeah. Oh, Listen, oh, we're going to... We're ruining uh, this family, right? guys. No, they're we're ruining themselves. We're going to go to some calls <laughs> on this. We hadn't even mentioned this, so I think we're going to say goodbye to the Lawsons here, but I will say, Grant, park however you want unless you'd like to have sex again, okay? That's oh. what I think I would do. <laughs> I mean, that it's is a good the, point. the right yeah. choice. And no matter I mean, what. Yeah, and you... I think, Sarah, you'll back my play on that, right? <laughs> yeah, you're losing half of your stuff anyway, Grant, so who cares? Well, I mean, he Dinner every day, guys, and breakfast, lunch, and was, the dog. Food, I was gonna say, and, oh, yeah, I see. He's a chef, so, so let Sarah, him park let's, where he let's wants. Let's let him park. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's <laughs> that's how they've lasted ten years, you guys. All I right, Grant it. and Sarah, we're gonna say goodbye to you and thank you for listening and for tweeting at us. But uh, be sure to be listening to Kevin Beecher because we're gonna take a bunch of calls on this next. Okay. okay thank Parker, you. Love you guys. Grant doesn't talk to his kids in person, only on the radio. <laughs> only on the radio. <laughs> All right. The Kevin and Bean Show on K Rock K R O. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
Listeners, if you just joined us, Grant and Sarah are married but not for long because they have a constant <laughs> battle in their home that Grant backs into his parking space and his wife says that's a dish, that's a douchebag move. Just pull in forward like Jensen and me and the rest yeah. of the good God-fearing Americans. Allie, before we go to the calls, what's the tweet? Not only did Jess tweet us, she included a picture and oh, said, good. I back in because my front end is low and it will hit a curb. I have a backup camera that makes it easier to park so I don't damage my vehicle. Boom! What do you want, hydraulics? A car should be completely level all the way around. Get that fixed. No, your front, if you have a low car, you can hit a curb in the front. That sounds, um, I don't know. I, no, I support legit. Jess. That sounds legit yeah. to me, by Look, the way. to yeah. me, if she's not holding anyone up, who cares? Yes. If anyone is not holding anyone up, that's the thing to me. If you're holding yeah, somebody but, up, that... this this goes back to the discussion of people who sit on the same side of the the diner table. Oh, who cares? It's yeah. only them, but it still can be annoying to you. Okay. You know what I mean? All right, take well, it those easy. Those people need to go to hell. They do need to go to <laughs> hell. Yeah. Let's talk to Debbie. She's in L.A. Apparently, uh, where she works, you're required to back into your parking space. Oh, hey, this Debbie. Is what happens when you start talking seriously about letting Bernie Sanders run things? You start getting rules <laughs> like this. Hey, Debbie, what's going on? So you, I work for the phone company, and we are required to back into our parking space, or if you're in a public parking lot, you have to pull completely through your space so that you are backed in, so you can pull straight out when you're leaving. Why are you required to do that? Because it's safer. It's been proven that it's safer. We have to do um, driver safety every year if you drive a company vehicle. And they've proven that it's safer if you back in. I guess you're supposed to be more alert when you're going to your job as opposed to when you're leaving your job after you're finished. How about that? That makes perfect sense. Debbie's on my side. How about that? I'm sorry. I'm not tracking with this. So you're telling me that employees are sharp enough to be able to back into a parking space in the morning, Mm -hmm. but when they leave work eight hours later, they suddenly have forgotten how to drive and they don't know how to back out of one? (laughs) They're like, it's too late. No, no. we we drive to different jobs during the day. Mm -hmm. So when you go to a job, when you arrive at the job, they think that you're more alert. So they would prefer that you, I mean, it's kind of required. they require you to back into the parking space because they think that when you're leaving that it's safer for you to just pull directly out rather than backing out it's a reach it's a reach and i I agree no it's a reach it's a good policy debbie thank you Yeah, because we always look to the phone company for efficiency. <laughs> oh, I just got a tweet that said 75% of all fender benders happen when people back out of parking spots. Thank oh. you, J.C. Conchas. Oh, somebody oh. made up a statistic yeah. to back that? up his, the way he drives? He's it's now, he's it's now, more dangerous. He's now laughing that we pretended that was a fact. <laughs> yeah, he is. Um, I've heard that 110% of accidents are because people don't p- pull out of spots properly. Yeah, How about that? that at all. I mean, let's, try, uh, let's try uh, uh, Andy, please. Bellflower, line one. He's up next on the Kevin Bean Show. Hey, Andy. Hey, good morning, everybody. How you doing? Good, thank Great. you. Great. What's up? Weigh in. All right, I'm with you guys. 80% of the time, it's a douche move. But if you're driving a bigger vehicle, such as like a Toyota Tundra or a huge van, I had a traumatic experience. I, I checked left and right. I looked back five times before I pulled out a couple years ago. And I'm an animal lover, but I accidentally ran over a dog. Oh, oh no. And, and check it out. You can look left and right. You can look behind you all you want. But if that vehicle's sitting, you know, higher than your little Mazda Miata, yeah. you gotta, you can't see something. Okay. All right, Andy's okay. right as well. Okay. Congratulations. I'm not gonna, def- I'm not gonna defend this. I get that this is a big problem, but can't you run into the same problem 
backing into it? I mean, you, you don't have a lot of oh, visibility. Yeah, definitely. yeah I mean, definitely. You, you have to do it at some point. Yes, at some point yeah. you've got to back up. Now, Andy, let me ask you, because I totally get what you're talking about, but why do you think 80% of the time it is a douche move for people oh, to back into their spaces? I, I totally all the time see people in little Porsches, and like I said, Mazda Miata's backing in for no reason, and that's a complete waste of time. You can see everything around that vehicle, and so now you you're think just, it, like it, you guys said, it should be for bigger trucks. Size of the vehicle. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, the size okay. of the vehicle has to do with it. Let's time. just uh-huh. hope that Andy hit a racist dog. Right? right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Yeah. The dog yeah. Yeah. A Zoe. Yeah. A Zoe. <laughs> All right. Let's do one more, Kevin. Let's make it a Zeus's Philip Line 8, our final call here on the Kevin and Bean Show. Hey, Philip. Morning, guys. Morning. What do you got? You're the final word on this. Always back in at home. You always back in at home. So you're Team Same. Grant, not Team Sarah. How come? It's, it's safer when you're leaving. If you have to leave in a hurry... I live in Azusa right there against the hills. I mean, if there's a fire, an earthquake, or any other emergency, you're out. And for people to say it's a douche move to some to sit there and, and back into a parking spot out in public, how many times are you sitting there waiting on someone to make a point turn just to get out of their stall? Interesting. You have to wait for the guy to back yeah. up and make the three-point turn to get out of his parking space. Same Phillip, amount of time. Philip's emergency argument finally got to me a little bit. All right. Really? A little bit. Because you know how often there are fires and earthquakes in Azusa where you have to immediately leave. <laughs> uh, Azusa has a ton of earthquakes. And you could just you could always just flip it when, you know, it's not a, not but a problem. But, Philip, doesn't it feel like you're saving, like, a couple of minutes when in reality you're not at all? Pulling, no, I, I'm pulling just forward. so used to doing it. Wife does it. Every once in a while, she won't. Every once in a while, she'll nose into the driveway. But the only time I nose into the driveway is if I'm coming in hot and I got to hit the head. Hmm. Okay. Okay. All so right. if you got to pee, if you got to pee bad, you'll pull right. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think that's the policy. I think depending on how badly you have to urinate, that should, should decide yep. on how you park. All right. So Grant and Larson, I think those kids are going to make it. I appreciate them very much. Reach it out. The Kevin and Bean Show. Just, just, just not, not, not funny. K Rock. Good morning. Good morning. It's K Rock, the Kevin and Bean Show. It's coming up on eight a.m. And that means it's time for what's happening. Oh, yeah. It's just myself and beer mug holding it down. And a lot of food. Uh, What have you eaten already? Uh, I had chili cheese Fritos again. What? Um, I'm going to go back up after this what's happening. I'll get some bacon mac and cheese. Killing it. I will walk up with you. Let's go. I'm not going to eat that, but I will walk up with you. (laughs) Starving. Uh, Good news out of the rock music genre. Guitarist John Frusciante is rejoining the Red Hot Chili Peppers 10 years after he last left the band. Uh, According to the... The band's Instagram. They're parting ways with their guitarist of the last 10 years, Josh Klinghoffer, who replaced Rushante after he left in 2009. Uh, the post read, The Red Hot Chili Peppers announced that we are parting ways with our guitarist of the past 10 years, Josh Klinghoffer. Josh is a beautiful musician who we respect and love. We're deeply grateful for our time with him and the countless gifts that he shared with us. We also announced with great, with great excitement and full hearts that John Frusciante is rejoining the group. Thank you. Uh, this is Frusciante's third time with the group. And I have to ask, do you feel bad for Josh Klinghoffer? See, I think no, because he recorded an album with them, right? Uh, a bunch. Yeah. No, he's, he's been in the group set. for 10 years. He's set. He's... Is he, though? Because one day you're in the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and you're like, oh, this is a great life. 10 years. You probably have a 10-year-old. You know what I mean? You yeah. probably Basically, this is success to you. And then a guy who was with them back in the days, had mm-hmm. drug problems, reaches out, and he's like, hey, man, I'm in. And they're like, oh, bye, Klinghoffer. Yeah. That would be like if uh, Big Tad hit us up. And yeah. like, yo, mugs. Yeah. And then you got out Get of Get out. Yeah. Yeah, I don't feel bad for him. Uh, all right. I well, don't. then get Big Tad on the phone. 
Uh, let's play a song from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. This is the kind of golden era of John's uh, association with them. That's not a Chili Peppers. Oh. That's uh, comedian John Daly just uh-huh. doing his impression of what Chili Peppers music sounds like. Uh, but that does kind of give you the feeling of what the Chili Peppers are. Burbank. But yeah, congratulations. I'm, I'm, people were very excited online to have Rashante back in the group. It was a big deal. Uh, all right, moving on. Uh, Kanye West and Jay-Z reunited over the weekend at Diddy's 50th birthday party in L.A. This is a big deal because in the past they have beefed, as the beef correspondent of Kevin and yeah. I know that back in 2014, uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce did not show up to Kanye and Kim Kardashian's wedding. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kanye has since admitted he was hurt. In an interview, he says, I understand they were going through some things, but it's family and you're not going to miss a wedding. Mm. Uh, but... Just on uh, on Saturday, the two were seen for the first time since uh, greeting each other with a handshake and even shared a laugh. They were also spotted posing for a picture with Diddy and Pharrell. I don't know if you saw the picture online. Mm-mm. It's worth looking at because Jay-Z's like the last in the line, and you can tell he has that face where it's like, no one told me he was going to be here. <laughs> it's like not a very happy... It's like being forced to take a photo with your parents <laughs> at, at a party. Yeah. And you said he was laughing. He was probably laughing at the fact that Kanye was painted silver. That's right. Fully right? silver, head to toe, like a like a platinum trophy. Uh, no, but that is a great photo. I got to check of it him out. him at the opera. He's like, oh, God, here uh, we go. He later called out the couple on stage a while back on the St. Pablo tour, if you remember, in 2016, where he said, you still ain't called me, Jay-Z. I know you got killers. Please don't send them in my head. Please call me. Talk to me like a man. Wow. What a weirdo. Uh, anyway, in addition to the Jay and Kanye reunion, their wives, Beyonce and Kim Kardashian, were in attendance at this party. Other celebs, Dr. Dre, The Weeknd, Snoop Dogg, Cardi B, Offset, Post Malone, Big Sean, Meek Mill, while artists like Mary J. Blige, Usher, and Little Kim performed. Um, I always want to go to like the Puffy party and just dress like a weird, like just like in shorts and a t-shirt. But yeah. hey, guys, hey. Like that What's would be going on? that would be the real celebrity of the bunch, not to dress up in a tux, yeah, to just show up like in Adam Sandler like house painter, absolutely clothes. like yeah. like a like a Fruit of the Loom white undershirt <laughs> oh. with whole like moth holes in it. Very good, but I also would dress as the Fruit of the Loom grape. Oh yes, just in the full costume. Hey everybody, Diddy, good to see you. They, they would see. Oh, that that guy has such fresh style. Usher, good to see you. Yeah. Uh, what kind of birthday gift do you get for the person who already has everything? Will Cardi B solve this problem, giving Offset? $500,000 in cash to buy whatever he wants. The rapper shared this extravagant moment in an Instagram video on Saturday. Cardi B said, you got every car, you got every jewelry, you got everything, you got every shoe. You know what I'm saying. What else can I give someone that got everything? And then in 20 years, we're going to see <laughs> Cardi B behind the music, uh, Why I Went Broke. Uh, Jeez. She then said, go check the fridge. And in the refrigerator behind him sat stacks of wrapped hundreds, which Cardi said amounted to 500000 She said, happy birthday, and don't expect no Christmas gift from me. Ain't no Christmas gift only for the kids. So. How do you, how do you, I, I'm, 
How do you store that, number one? In a fridge. Oh, in a fridge. Okay. Yes, that was the answer. Uh, How do you spend that? Like, like. I'm sure they'll find a way. (laughs) I I I guarantee you it will be very easy. Watches, cars, done. That's insane. That was it. I just spent Watches, cars. Watches and cars. That was it. Cardi also uploaded some clips of Offset's birthday party, which featured strippers, more cash, and a lot of Popeye's chicken sandwiches. Yeah. Which, honestly, heard the Popeye's chicken sandwiches, was kind of like, that's dope. Yeah. That's better than Diddy's party. Uh, All right, let's move on to birthdays. We wish a happy birthday to Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top, Kristen Ritter, Breaking Bad, uh, Benjamin Bratt, you know him from Private Practice, and William the Refrigerator Perry of the Chicago Bears in the Super Bowl Shuffle. Oh, Bears. Uh, And that's what's going on. It's the Kevin and Bean Show, the world famous K-Rock. Would you like to take that back? Would you like to take that back? Tell me, would you, if you could, you would, you could, you take that back? Would you like to take that back? Would you like to take that back? Tell me, would you, if you could, you would, you could, you take that back? Why are you uh, saying it like that with so much shame in your voice? Yeah. Well, you know, I don't, uh, I don't like the the punny kind of humor. Mm-hmm. Not my thing. Well, explain what this segment is. This Cause... is listen. We don't we don't have writers that write out words for us. We just wing it as we go. We try right. to make we try. I to... know you won't believe that, <laughs> right? It's shocking. We we try to make people laugh. Sometimes mm-hmm. we do. Sometimes not so much. Uh-huh. Sometimes we only make ourselves laugh. Okay. I'm going to say, by the way, and I don't know if I've ever brought this up before, but I think Kevin is a little bit judgy in this segment because he doesn't play, so it's easy for him to criticize those of us that do. I'd say that's accurate. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was not a tough sell. All right. All right. The first one is Allie. Oh. We were doing a phone topic about people who proposed by hiding the ring. So your husband hid the ring. Tell us about it. We were both working at home one day, and he's a sunset guy. So he pulled me out, and he's like, let's just watch the sunset. We'll go up on the deck. And he pulled a random flower from the side of the deck. Mm-hmm. And he sits down next to me, and he goes, babe, I want to spend every day watching the sunset for the rest of my life with you. And he slides off the chair and looks down at the flower. He goes, look at it. And there it was laying on its side inside the flower. Oh, <laughs> would you say he, he, yes. he rose to the occasion? Oh, oh. Jesus Christ. Huh. That's uh, see, because a rose he... is a flower. Yeah, oh yeah, mm-hmm. no, everyone got it. Yeah, it's also a term. Like of... Oh, oh, forgot to mention this. We get them. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> okay. we don't need Allie, Allie, you, you know I love you and I support oh, you. But, oh, I'm, I'm taking that back. <laughs> but don't do you the worry. right thing. Yeah. Okay, don't you worry. Are. Yeah, okay, I'm go. taking it back. Right. <laughs> Bean is next. Oh, Allie was doing what's happening. She's doing a story about Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga getting together as a couple. People are really, really wanting Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper to be a real life couple. They were recently rumored to have gone on a romantic getaway. And there were photos, you guys. You know, they're in a restaurant in Provence. And you see Mr. Cooper there eating with Lady Gaga. Was she hanging with Mr. Cooper? Oh, my God. (laughs) Really? Would you like to take that back? All right, now let me okay. just say this. Why was Muggs uh, okay. this. Muggs was very excited. This is like this is like the NFL when they call the original play, and then they go back and they look at it yeah. and they go, oh, maybe we're going to overturn that. <laughs> Careful with what you do during the show. Yeah. Because you might be overruled. He was doing the running man, waving his arms back and forth, yelling, yeah. It was crazy. B. Uh, Would you like to take that back? 
the joy that it brought beer mug alone. See, mugs, you ruined it. Sorry, Make, guys. Makes me not want to take it back. So therefore, I'm going to continue to hang with Mr. Cooper. I'm, I'm still, I'm still here for it. I'm a bad man, but it was good. Up next is Bean. Oh, come on. Allie's doing a story about the uh, TV show Ghosted on MTV. I don't know how I feel about this new show that MTV is doing. Let me know your thoughts. It's, of course, from the network that brought you Catfish. This show is called Ghosted. It's going to feature hosts helping distraught individuals track down and confront former lovers, family members, friends, all in an effort to get to the bottom of why those people disappeared from their life. Hmm. So the people who are tracking them down, would they be Ghostbusters? Are you are you happy with that? <laughs> Can you call? I don't know. That, all right. I mean, that is kind, it's been of, said. What the, it's kind of what they're doing, isn't it? Ghostbusters. Right, we you'll, get it. you'll have no, a chance to defend later. We okay. get it. All we right. understood it. I'll see you in court. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, the song uh, brought please, us all around. Please, don't take that back. <laughs> Pre-song clip. Yes. Pre-song awful. But, <laughs> terrible. But you yeah. got to take in the whole scene. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he saved it, I believe, uh-huh. with the song. Bean, your thoughts. I can't believe I disagree with you guys. You're yes. encouraging me to not take it back. Oh. And in fact, I am going to take no. it back. Wow. I am. I thought it was just not quite a good fit. It was uh, it was a little bit of a stretch, Ghostbusters. I really, thought. So that one was a bit of a stretch. <laughs> so I'm going to throw that one back in the pond. Okay. All right. Next is Beer Mug. Yes. Whoa. Not sure how many times rare. he's been in the file. Very mm-hmm. rare. But he was talking about where he's going for the new K Rock sticker. Where are you going today? Today I will be <laughs> uh, Hot Topic Stop Number Six in Lakewood at 317 Lakewood Center Mall. Uh, today from 1 to 3 at the Lakewood Center Mall. And I always hear Lakewood is always up to no good. Pyle, what's wrong with you? A lot happening right now. Wow. Turn up. Would you like to take that <laughs> Did you I eat the it. microphone to do the joke? <laughs> what, why was it? Always up to no good. Oh, whoa. Ke- Check. Kevin's mic just kind of uh, look. I very rarely get to insert myself into the file cabinet, mm-hmm. but is this that, is that a cabinet? It is a cabinet. It's right <laughs> in the back of the studio. Uh, but this was this was low. Normally, I wouldn't take it back, but this was low hanging fruit. Okay, that's so, why you should take it back, though. That's what I'm. That's why I'm going to take it Good. back, Bean. Okay, I'm going to take it saying back. Saying it's making sense. That oh. was the right thing to do. Yeah. All right. Uh, Ali is next. Hard mm. to imagine. Um, we were talking about the greatest musicians turned actors. Okay. And Jonah Ray was in the studio with us for this conversation. The greatest musician turned actor is Will Smith. Yeah. All right. I think I'm comfortable with that. I think it's But fair. it's funny that DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince is the music that he did and then went on to acting. Yeah. But, yeah. but he won two was, Grammys with that. Yeah. Kevin That's just right. doesn't understand. Mm, file okay. it. File, file, file. Thank you, Jonah. All right, Jonah, we cool. wasn't yeah. laughing with you. <laughs> Would you like to take that back? It brought me so much joy when he said I wasn't laughing with you. That's the greatest. I'll go ahead and take that back. Okay, good call. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Beat is next. We had Steve Aoki in the studio. He's talking about his new book, Blue, the Color of Noise. And Allie brings up his collaboration with the Backstreet Boys. Can I just real quick bring up the Backstreet Boys? Because I did that story a couple weeks ago when it was announced. And I was like, that is not a collaboration I saw happening. I could not love that more. Yeah, that's why I love doing collaborations like this where, you, you like, you know, I love doing the bangers for the, the festival crowds where everyone's going crazy. But then when you can work with an artist that can convey and 
push out feelings that make you just happy to be alive and happy, you know, to feel love. You want it that way. Not wait for people to hear. File. Can we all agree that it's worse when there's a guest in the yeah. studio? Steve Aoki was so serious. Because <laughs> then it's too. like we're all like, oh, we're embarrassed now. He's like, I just like doing songs about suicide prevention and uh, you know, like AIDS awareness, and then just some pun thrown out of nowhere. I have a Backstreet Boys song title. <laughs> Don't know why. I couldn't resist saying that. Yeah. I was sit. I was biting my tongue. Don't say it. Doesn't Don't mean it's good. It. Don't say it. You should have listened to that guy. That voice. I. Uh, I'll take that one back. Yeah. All right. I will. I'll take it back. And finally, for this episode of Would You Like to Take That Back, caller Daniel is on the phone. Good morning, oh, Daniel. Daniel. Hey guys. So we were discussing our top five favorite fruits. Mm-hmm. And Daniel was talking to us on the phones, and he had listed one, and he had listed two, and he listed three, mm-hmm. and he listed four. <laughs> Are we agreeing on pineapple as number one, then? Oh, it's definitely the show's well, number Daniel's one. Daniel's not. Okay. Yeah. Daniel, you have one more, right? I have one more. Okay. And only because it's punny. Mango number five. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. Can we file Daniel. a collar? Yes, we can. He's We've fine. done it before. File it. You go to hell, you son of a bitch. Would you like to take that back? Uh, why would you take back something so magical? He's right. Exactly. exactly. I, I 100% agree. He's exactly. Right. I agree. Well done, Daniel. Would you like to take that back? It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Yes, you can turn on Beer Mug's microphone. He was invited. <laughs> it was on, dude. I don't know what you're talking about. I know how you do. Hey, um, Mugs. Yo, yo. First of all, how was Las Vegas? I didn't go to Las Vegas. I was, really? I was sick, guys. Truly, uh, truly, I was sick. Know? Yeah. I just know when people start taking extra days off around the holiday weekend, it sounds to me like they got a vacation. Plan. It would have been opportune, but no. I, I stayed home and rested up and got better. How are you feeling now? Uh, all the, the coughing, I'm stopped, uh, I'm done coughing up a lung, uh, but I still can't talk. All right. Well, that, that has nothing to do with being sick. Huh? Yeah, that's not going to change. 
Um, did you infect everyone in the bar when you went out to do cheers with beer mug? Uh, no, because I think they had enough alcohol in them to kill every virus known to man. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. Where do you uh, Where do you go? Where is this magic made? This is O'Grady's in Granada Hills. It's a very famous dive watering hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and there's there's quite quite the characters list of characters in the bar. This week, you know, with me being so successful at my side hustles. Like, I'm sorry? So successful at all my side hustles, like mumble rapper, battle rapper, ASMR, video host. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and this job that I do here at the Kevin and Bean Show is a fun job. But it, it wasn't all roses for, for me when I started out. You know, I used to work as a courtesy clerk at Ralph's cleaning up spills on aisle four. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I used to load trucks in the morning at UPS uh-huh. bright and early. It's actually what got me ready for this job. You know, all the physical labor I did, it was a tough job. So I wanted to go out and see what the worst job that these people had was. All right. In this edition of Cheers with Beer Mug. Thank you. Beer Mug, he wants to go where everybody knows his name. Yeah. Asking questions with no shame. What do you, what do you? <laughs> He's already drunk as a skunk, but people are glad he came. Oh. Beer Mug wants to go where everyone knows his name. Oh, 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 wow. Right? So everyone has a bad job or two, especially in the early years of their career. You went to the bar to ask the patrons there if they could remember through their alcohol-induced fog what bad jobs they had. So two things. One, listen to Muggs always Mm -hmm. because he gets drunk pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And two, don't be eating breakfast. Oh, no. Here we go. John, John, what's uh, what's the worst job you've ever had? Well, when I was in the Navy, I was a boiler technician. And the worst job you could possibly get was called mucking bilges. You had to pick up the plates underneath the boiler and crawl down between the pipes and clean out all the dirt and grease. And these guys used to spit tobacco down there and clean it all out and dry it off and then paint it. It was the most horrible thing you ever did in your life. So you're saying don't join the Navy? I love the Navy. Are you kidding? In the Navy. <laughs> Esther, what's the worst job you've ever had? Uh, retail. I used to work at The Gap. 4 a.m. shifts, inventory, work with people that I hated. But I'm sure you got a lot of cool performance fleece. No, all I got was like... Oh, that's Old Navy. I fr- <laughs> Old Navy. Stacy, what's the worst job you've ever had? <laughs> the drunk Muggs has already lost track of what's going on. The worst job? Uh, probably a job. I'm Ooh. talking about occupations here, Stacy. How do you know it's not an occupation? <laughs> you're just assuming that, right? <laughs> Yeah, I'm talking about occupations here, Stacy, and your mind just went to the gutter. Huh? I was working at a car wash out in Arizona, and uh, they ended up having to put me in the tanks down underneath to clean out the recycled water tanks. That was disgusting. Oh, did you did you have to wear like a hazmat suit? Yep, hazmat suit, respirators. First thing I did when I got down there is I puked about three seconds into it. <laughs> Oh my God! What was the craziest like thing you saw in that water? <laughs> oh, oh, it was all nasty stuff in there. There was dead birds, dead rats. There was all kinds of crap down there you wouldn't imagine. What's the worst job you've ever had? Scaffolding. Is that what you do now? Yeah, cause I love it and I'm good at it. What job would you not want to do in this life? Scaffolding. <laughs> Oh, is it? <laughs> Scaffolding, because it's hard on your back. But I love it, though. That, 
where you wouldn't want to do it, but that's what you do now. But I love it, though. I love the thrill of heights and putting it together and have to think and protect people and oh. stuff like that. <laughs> is, that a, uh, is that a young lady or a young man? That is a man, Dean. That is a man. I couldn't tell. No. He is medicating himself he for sure that is. awful job, isn't he? Loves it and hates it. Scaffolding, yep. guys. <laughs> He's already drunk as a skunk, but people are glad he came. Beer mug wants to go where everyone knows his name. Wow. Bitter, predictable, whining disc jockeys. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. Look, we're lucky to ever wake up again after what's going on in the news right now. I don't know why I was the only one who was panicked by this. Why were you poo-pooing this asteroid that could have destroyed a city on Earth, Kevin? I just think the odds are astronomically against it. No so, pun intended, I hope. Of course. So um, so why worry about something that's most likely not going to happen? Most uh, likely will happen, and probably this weekend is what I say. Okay, geez. all right. That's the, another way of looking at it. Here's the Washington Post headline. It snuck up on us. Scientists stunned by city killer asteroid that just missed Earth. And by the way, when you're talking about space, we all know it's pretty darn big, right? This was only 40,000 miles away. I think something is coming that close to Earth. I would like to have, I don't know, people with eyes on it, people with a plan, people with some way to not have it hit Earth, because it literally could have wiped out Los Angeles. Literally. Right. But that's worth worrying about. Mm. All right. Let's uh, settle this debate. Uh, It's nice that we have a guy in our corner that we can go to who is the perfect guy to talk to. He is a professor of particle physics at the University of Manchester, Royal Society Professor for Public Engagement in Science and a fellow with the Royal Society. He is our friend, Professor Brian Cox, who kindly made himself available to us while on vacation. That's how how serious it is we get the word out that we're all going (laughs) to die. Hey, Brian, how are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, and uh, you're right, by the way. Um, it is worth worrying about. It's a big threat. Thank you. Uh, it's a big threat oh, because no. these these asteroids are, are zipping around all over space all the time and and going in all willy-nilly kind of directions and, and hit, I would imagine hitting things frequently. They do. I mean, there was a... So uh, February 2013, there was uh, an explosion above Russia which uh, injured 1,500 people. Uh, and it was a smaller asteroid than this. And it exploded, actually, about 20 miles up. So it didn't even reach the ground. It exploded 20 miles up, mm-hmm. but with the energy release of the Hiroshima bomb. Wow. So mm. a nuclear bomb-sized detonation, which injured uh, over 1,000 people. Yeah, sure. And then you look, we didn't see it coming. And actually, there was another one uh, the same day which was significantly bigger, which went past. And we didn't see that coming either. That sounds like an uh, attack if there's two of them, Brian, honestly. (laughs) Why does Bean sound so excited? He sounds thrilled. I mean, well, (laughs) because the one that wipes out the dinosaurs, for example. So that one, about 60, what, 66 million years ago, that exploded with a thousand times the energy of all the nuclear weapons currently on Earth. All right. wow. So, Professor Cox, are we missing these because they just come out of nowhere? Or is someone just, you know, going out for, uh, you know, soda from the machine on their watch <laughs> and they're not paying attention? Oh, I didn't see it. Sorry. Uh, we, we do search for them. So we, there's a project um, which maps them. So they're called near-Earth asteroids. And it's, it's the ones that cross the Earth's orbit that we're interested in. So we look for them. 
But the trouble is that we haven't got all of them because we spend we spend less money on tracking these things than Americans spend on pet grooming every year. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you say I it that way, it does seem a little I bit we out of whack. Comb your, own, comb your own cat, wash your own dog, <laughs> and let's track these things. But, so, it, so the question is, yes, we do look for them, but we don't really... We don't have 100% of them. Some of them are difficult, to be serious. Some of them come in orbits that take them close to the sun. It's hard to see them. But ultimately, it depends on how much we care and how much we pay attention. And, and one will hit us eventually. When I mean, they do hit us all the time, uh, most of them hit in the ocean, just because there's more ocean than land. Mm-hmm. But it is true, as you see, that there are these city-killing asteroids that really we expect will hit us once every 100 years or so. Okay. And uh, on average. Okay, and, so... Um, we haven't seen them all. So how worried are you on a daily basis? No, you're right. I mean, you're right that from day to day in a particular city, the odds are very small. But um, over time, the odds build up and we know that they do hit us. So at some point, and it might be in five years, it might be in 100 years, but at some point we're going to have to move one. And that's okay, the thing. Yes, so yeah. We need to be ready when we see one that's coming in. You hope that if you don't see them, you've no chance. So this one that went past, but it was quite a small one. Nothing we can do. Explain you can probably mo- evacuate. Yeah. Professor Cox, I've, so. I've read a few of the ways that we think we're going to take it out, and they both sound stupid. The, well, I mean, people think about this. Um, you can, if, you, if you get them when they're far enough away, so they're in these, these orbits, and you can predict, uh, like in 10 orbits time, it might have a chance of hitting the Earth. And then if you get it like that, you can just nudge them. You can just get a spacecraft close to it, little bit of a nudge, little rocket engine. You make it move it out of the way. You make it sound like a kid playing with toys. <laughs> you just nudge it. It's pretty easy if you get it a long time in the future. Wow. If you see it only, you know, a week or two weeks before it's going to hit us, there's nothing you can do. Even so if you have Bruce Willis, I mean, couldn't if, if if he's available, can Bruce Willis save us from that? In in two weeks. I mean, remember. The, at the moment, the United States can't even lo- can't launch astronauts <laughs> right at the moment. That's true. Um, okay, but, Professor Cox, maybe you, a little less judgy of a laugh <laughs> next time. <laughs> no, 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 I think it's a tragedy. I mean, it's the, it's the 50th anniversary of Apollo this year, you know, yeah. the, the greatest achievement in human history. So the, the point is that we have to be ready, and we don't spend nearly enough. It's not a lot of money we need to spend. As I said, it's less than we spend grooming our pets every okay. year. But um, we need to be ready so that we can see them. And if we need to, we have a fair chance of deflecting one because we're going to have to do it sometime. I am going to PayPal whoever you tell me to a dollar just to get this thing rolling. I mean, honestly, let's all chip in a little bit. I don't think any one of any one of us wants to be on the other end of a city killer. You guys, listen to what Brian's telling us. Mm. Yeah, I'm good. It's, it's a, yeah, <laughs> small chance, small chance, but it will happen. Small at chance, me. But it will happen right, at but, some point. But there's a first half to that sentence, and it's small chance. <laughs> but there's also a second half, which is that it will happen at some point. I rest my case. And I also have the smartest man in the world on my side. All right, Professor, get back to your vacation. We love you. Thank you so much for jumping on the Kevin and Bean Show. <laughs> no problem. Thank you. Actually, I'll tell you one thing. I'll, I'm going to see you in March because I'm going to come back and do the live shows again. So Fantastic. Oh, I'll be back in LA in March. Yeah, you're, you're always welcome. We'll talk to you then, sir. All right, cheers. Thank you. Bye now. It's the Kevin and Bean Show, the world famous K Rock.
Brian Callen just joined us hey, uh, Brian. From, from Schooled in his uh, very popular uh, Fighter and the Kid podcast. Brian, what do you think about Kevin all dressed up like a big boy? I was, uh, I mean, I'm used to him in the lotus position on the floor in yes. the corner. Mm-hmm. That's a right. humble man <laughs> yeah. uh, communicating with the supreme one, as he refers to God. <laughs> and yet now he's got, well, he's got a strong jaw. The kid's got a strong jaw. He'll, he's a sneaky He's a sneaky 6'1", mm-hmm. and his height is not just I'm in his 6'2", torso. I'm 6'2", by the way, neck. just for the record. There you go. That's why it's sneaky. <laughs> there you go. That's I apologize. I, but now, now, the reason I, I, I made that mistake, and mm-hmm. I take him in, believe me, I've taken him in with my hands <laughs> and my eyes. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm rarely wrong about this, but uh, it's a proportion 6'2". He's got, he's got the height. He carries the height in his legs as well. He's got a long femur bone. I have these a, are things I notice okay. when I because when mm-hmm. I when I go to fight a man I got right. I got to measure his reach. Well, you uh-huh. hugged you hugged Kevin when you came in and I and you kind yeah. of felt him up a little bit. I well, thought like you were getting all the dimensions down. Yeah, his yeah. back his back is like a barrel of snakes. It's like the it's like the Appalachians. <laughs> are we gonna fight? Is there no, something I need to fight. know? Fight. You said when you fight a guy, you have to size him up. Sure, if you call fighting this, that's the noise I make when I make out. When was the last time you had to wear a suit, Brian? Um, I, you know, I give so much at these charities. I'm <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I, it's very funny you say that. I don't wear suits, and I'm 52, and I, I feel like I want to start dressing like a gentleman. Oh. I, I, my friends, we're all getting older, and I want to start wearing, I want to wear things like pleated wool. I don't I have wanna... that desire at all. No, no. I'm no. a shorts and t-shirt guy too, just really? like Kevin. I yeah. want to be. I want to be a dandy. I want to use an ear trumpet. It's too late. <laughs> it's a, too late for you, Brian. And a parasol. You can't be a dandy. <laughs> and and I want to end my. Dandy. I do, and I want to end my sentences with the word "yes." It's a wonderful day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you can't really tell if I'm speaking in an English accent or I'm just uh, I'm highly educated, like William F. Buckley. Well, I wouldn't romance that argument in the real world, <laughs> but I suppose I suppose for for, for hyperbole's sake, I will. That's what I want to be. And I want to say things That's like, well, I mean, we, we, uh, up until about two years ago, we summered in the Hamptons. <laughs> but we've changed. I'm going to Bhutan. I think I like the new Brian. The I like the new Brian, you guys. Yes. You've grown up Brian in a suit. It's yes. awesome. Um, Kevin, listen to the most uh, recent episode of the, uh, the Fighter and the Kid podcast, and you went deep, deep, deep on the mafia. Yeah. Um, yeah. Our man uh, Beer Mug here in the room is also very obsessed with the mafia. I mean, but you talked about it for 40 minutes. You know He knows a lot. Everything. everything. The, name, I, the, the nicknames. My grandfather is 100% Sicilian. He's from Brooklyn. He's from Bensonhurst. I, I, when I lived in New York, we used to go eat at Cafe Sorrento, which was right near the Ravenite Club with, with where John Gotti's club was. And I didn't like the way I didn't like the way Brennan Schaub was speaking about Cosa Nostra. <laughs> I felt he was being a little disrespectful, a little bit, a little bit. And you had to apologize. I for had him to either. school him. <laughs> no, how no, no how much of that mob is still around today, Brian? I think that now with the fact that we're constantly being videotaped, and you can't shake people down because it's all electronic. You can't go and shake down a business. It, it just, yeah, true. You don't no, think the mob's using Venmo? That, well, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of cyber crime, but that's that's in it's Nigeria yeah. and Russia now. Yeah, I mean the the old school mob. I remember my friend opened a restaurant in New York City, and he didn't know he was from Seattle, I think, and he uh, and he he said uh, the the guys who came to pick up his garbage, they went. Um, he goes, you know, I'm not. You guys are charging too much. I'm going to shop around. Oh no! no and no, they no. looked oh, at him and no. they went like this. They go, go ahead. 
<laughs> That's all I said, and they drove off. One word. And then he, I go, what happened? He goes, bro, nobody would take my business. <laughs> they, they just have it sectioned off. The, the Fulton Fish Market was the same way. If you wanted to buy fish, and then Giuliani, whose dad was sh- got shaken down a lot by the mob, he said, if you belong to an organized crime syndicate in this city, I'm going to war with you. And he did. And they lit the Fulton Fish Market on fire. Oh wow! It, it burned, and he was like, "Go ahead, <laughs> go ahead." And construction. I remember with construction. I'm telling you, if there was a construction project, it would just sit there, and nobody would be working. I, exactly. But everybody would be drawn to it. And then Giuliani goes, "Nah, nah. I'm opening this up to the highest bidder, including the Japanese companies." And things got done. So you know. So he broke those, the he broke the mob in New York. Yeah, technology did. I used to drive by construction and drugs, sites. And drugs did. Drugs, like, when I lived there, I used to uh, walk by construction sites, and there would be dudes just sitting in beach chairs, man, just yeah. clocking the hours. Yeah. <laughs> I was so jealous. Yeah. But there was, there was a true discipline to the Italian mafia in a lot of ways. The Italians, having being half Sicilian, and my grandfather was never involved in that stuff, but knew these guys. And my, my red man, Jamelli, who was, was uh, my godfather. I, I, I don't know if he's my godfather, but he was my grandfather's best friend. But he was the vice president of Longshoremen's uh, uh, Union. And th- those guys were real. But there was a discipline to the Sicilian, to the Calabrian, to, to the southern Italians. There was a way you did things. There's a code. They yeah, had a code. Well, yeah, but just the culture itself is very conservative. You didn't step out. There's the, there was a way to behave and a way you didn't behave. And if you got out of line, you got smacked around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or worse. All right, Kevin. Or worse. Yeah. Exactly. What about, are we um, clear in this room? Oh, no, we're clear. No, no, I'm, a, I'm shaking. Right, no one's arguing with you on this one. No joke. The, uh, yeah. the, murder, the murder aside, um, was, there, was there ever a part of young Brian Callen who was intrigued enough to be interested in getting into that line of work? I did a couple things. Okay. <laughs> dude, dude, me? Well, I was an actor. What are you talking about? You don't just choose to join the mob. Well, with the Sicilian <laughs> grandfather, though, I thought there might have been an it, in or it something It doesn't seem there. like you could have. Yeah. yeah. Yes and, or no? And you Irish, could have? I had an Irish dad and a Sicilian grandmother. Uh, yeah, I think you were sad. <laughs> There's... There's nothing about me. I talk a big game. I talk a lot. Right. I'm mm-hmm. an actor, a comedian. I, I talk. I mean, I'm not a tough guy. Get Don't get me wrong. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Fair enough. You know, no, I'm not. I've, I've known some guys. I've known in my life. Do you life. know yeah. some guys now? Mm-hmm. I've known some guys. Do we need to be worried? Let's put it this way. Mind your P's and Q's. Nope. No okay. To, oh, I feel like and, Brian knows a lot of people with like very Italian oh, mobster yeah. nicknames. Yeah. Like just, Lefty or like, just, you know. I came up here. I took my time this morning. Wet my beak. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> 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 gotta wet my beak. Well, something, something. I got you. <laughs> More with Brian after this on K-Rock. The Kevin and Bean Show. The world famous K-Rock. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Our friend Brian Callen, back in studio, comedian, actor, co-host of the Fighter and the Kid podcast. By the yes. way, uh, past 500 podcast episodes. Wow. Not, yes. bad. Not bad, That's huh? insane. Bad, yeah. Boy likes to talk. I like to talk. Boy likes to talk. Got something to say every time we sit down at the mic. I always expect to run out of, you know, information. No. There's always stuff going on. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're an endless well. Thanks, Brian, uh, true or false, <laughs> true or false, if we look closely, we will see you in Joker. If you look closely, my friend, I spent four days on that set. Mm-hmm. Four days on that set, and uh, I haven't seen the movie yet, but I hear great things. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently, I'm. You see my my back. I'm not wearing a shirt, but I am wearing a bow tie and a wig. What? And what ten, scene ten, is a that? Ten thousand dollar wig, at least. Real human hair. What? Uh, <laughs> yeah. What is I, happening? I play. None a, of I play. That's a, true? I play. A, yeah. I play a male stripper who can't get work. Imagine that. An aging stripper. Only Todd Phillips. <laughs> but I had a blast. But uh, I saw one opening frame of Joaquin Phoenix. One. I, I got there. I, Todd's a friend of mine, the director. I went, "What's up, buddy?" I'm watching. Was, yeah, watch this. I watched one frame, and I went, "Oh, he's going to win an Oscar. Mm-hmm. He's going to oh, win yeah. an Oscar." I, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's rare as an actor where you see somebody and you go, I don't know how you do that. Yeah. I, when right. I saw the fighter, he does when I saw the fighter with Christian do. Bale, I went, I don't, I don't know how you do that. Mm-hmm. And when I saw Joaquin Phoenix, I'm like, I don't know how you, but then, you know. It's he, acting on another level. He lost, I don't know, something like 50, 60 pounds for the role. He right. was living on an apple and cigarettes a day, I mean, from what I understand. And uh, he, he's, his ability to suffer for three months yeah. and not talk to anybody, stayed in character. I, he didn't say hi or bye once. I'm in the room. But you know, and but not a, apparently a very sweet man. Mm-hmm. But just you a, were interested an, in watching it to see if how much you were I, in. I, it I'm or? gonna go see it. I can't stand watching myself. I can't stand. Okay. It. Well, it doesn't well, sound like that's gonna be a problem with this movie. <laughs> Sounds like if you blink, you might be able to see. Hey, it. Hey, man. <laughs> You're right. Bobby Lee and on the. Uh, uh, on the 500th episode, he was our guest, and he kind of went, "Dude, when I saw this much of your face in the background, <laughs> that, was, that was some serious." <laughs> I mean, I would think you would want to see the full Joaquin Phoenix performance just I do. because you were so impressed with what you saw. He's no, no, very I busy. do. I do. I mean, it That's came out like busy. three weeks ago, didn't it? I, it's just with all my calisthenics and all, <laughs> my, all my giving. I gotta be an earner. I'm still out on the street. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'll, I'll get there. I, yeah. I never go to movies. I don't know why. What's the last movie you saw in the theater? Do you know? The Adams Family with my children. Oh, oh so that's like good. Right. Fair As enough. of two yeah. weeks. Yeah, you said that. Yeah. But that's um, the last, I don't know. You time. are perhaps best known for Goldberg's in school, being mm-hmm. a comedic actor. Is mm-hmm. there a part of you that wants to be a dramatic actor, Brian? I, oh, I did a lot of drama. I did a lot of stage. I played an alcoholic on Seventh Heaven, an alcoholic dad for a, a while. Oh, congratulations. Mm. Thank you so much. And, uh, <laughs> I can't believe your listeners don't remember this. Um, but uh, but I, I want to play a bad guy. I got some friends who are big directors, and I want... Acting, in comparison to stand-up, stand-up will always be something. 
acting on film, a lot of times, you're shooting, it's such piecemeal work. You're shooting a page a day. It can be very, it's a very peculiar skill set with a lot of waiting around. It could mm-hmm. be tedious, it sounds like. It's not easy. But yeah. to play a bad guy, I want to play a sadistic, but, you know. It, it, a I've psychopath. Always been in, well, I've always been interested in being a charming bad guy. Well, Somebody most psychopaths who, are. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody who, you know. But if you're a charming psychopath, is that really acting, Brian? Wow, that's harsh. What, Says the where, guy not in the room. Where, where exactly in Seattle are you? Is, are you domiciled? I'm just saying you're playing yourself at that point. Yeah, um, you, might, you, you, might right. um, you might be right. You'll, uh, you'll get there, though. People, people always speak very highly of your acting. You'll get there. You'll get a role like that. Thank you, sir. That's awesome. You also we'll talked see. about your eight-year-old? Yeah. Using the word mother effer? Which I found fascinating. Yes, he does. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you're cool does. with that. As a dad that uses that word, yeah. what, the, the, can I, you the, say anything? He, he's just got a sense of humor, man. The kid just has... He does it for comedy. Yeah, he yeah. does it for comedy. He's got all the imagination. I had a lot of imagination as a kid, so I watched this kid, and he's my mini-me, but he's got all the imagination. Mm-hmm. He talks to trees. <laughs> so I, I, does that I, worry he, you? He's, not, he's either going to be Van Gogh or I'm going to be paying his bills the rest of his life. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. I, it's, it's astonishing As a me. dad, do you try to get him to stop using that word, or is it just funny and you have to go, uh, he, he well just, done. He cracks me up. So I use the word. Yeah, of course. So he just mimics me. So what am I going to do? And, you know, as a comic, I spend a lot of time talking to myself and coming up with ideas. I'm in my own world. I'm sitting there driving him. He's in the back seat. We're listening to music. But I'm, I'm like, in my own world. I'm talking to myself. And I, I, you forget that he's even in the back seat. I look in the rearview mirror. He's talking to himself. Oh, no. <laughs> it's the same thing. You know? Well, granted, we're both on mushrooms. But, well, he's got to open his yeah. mind early. You he's got to start open his early. mind early. You have to start him early. People of call me a sociopath because they get him high. Relax. <laughs> I think it would be fun to have Brian Callen as a dad, by the way. I do, too. I think that would be a blast. I try. <laughs> I try. I teach him. Brian, you're always welcome here at the Kevin and Bean Show. We love having you. You're a good man, my friend. I got to go enroll my child in survival school. I'm separating from his mother at the age of eight the way the Spartans did. (laughs) (laughs) What's the problem? He'll live on a bowl of gruel. He'll sleep on a marble slab. He'll understand that pain is his only friend. (laughs) That in the end, you die. You are born alone and you die alone. That is a very normal way to end an interview. (laughs) My son, my son, you will make me proud and you will administer a swift justice to anyone who casts an aspersion. On your sister and your mother. <laughs> Go with God, my son. <laughs> it's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. It's the Kevin and Bean Show on the world-famous K-Rock 106.7. Uh, around 9.37 in the morning right now on a Monday, December 16th. Muggs and I holding down the holiday team. We have... Uh, we've done a pretty good job. I'd say. I'd say two so. of us. Destiny staring at us. Uh, she's the board op. She's judging throughout yeah. the entire morning. So judgy. But we continue with the last. What's happening? Uh, Chewy Bravo, uh, which was the full name of Chelsea Handler's sidekick on her e-talk show, uh, Chelsea Lately. You might remember him. He was uh, sort of a cute little pudgy little person. Mm-hmm. He was adorable, and unfortunately, he has passed away in Mexico City mm. this past weekend at the age of 63. Now, according to reports, the Mexican-American actor died suddenly after being hospitalized with stomach pains while visiting family in Mexico. It did uh, get out recently that he was a prostate cancer survivor, uh, so we don't know if that uh, messed with the immune system at all. But she, uh, Chelsea Handler posted a tribute to Chewy on Instagram shortly after the reports of his death began circulating. She wrote, I love this nugget in a big way, and I took 
Great pleasure and how many people loved him as much as I did and do. Chewy Bravo gave us so much laughter and I'll never forget the sound of his own laugh coming from his office into mine. Now, Bravo served as Handler's sidekick for the entirety of the show, which ran from 2007 to 2014. Uh, he was a recovering alcoholic. He was nearly homeless at one point of his life. He got into porn at one time. Uh, he's Is this been, my life? Uh, yes. You oh. also lived the same life wow. as Chewy Bravo. Wow. The small person from Chelsea lately. Uh, he wrote at one point, I have been through a lot in my life, but I've overcome my struggles, and now I'm finally living, he said. So that was ironic that he ended the quote with, he's finally living. <laughs> Uh, rest in peace, Chewy Bravo. You were extremely funny, and I remember well uh, his bits. And then people who had appeared on Chelsea lately um, throughout the years have been posting on Twitter, whether it's Moshe Kasher or uh, Jenny Molenbiggs. Uh, people who uh, have been on the show have been posting their great memories of him. Allie had a picture up. She posted. She did. Yeah, I she didn't know how she knew him, yeah. but she was a, a friend of Chewy. Friend of Chewy. FOC. A new full-length trailer for Top Gun Maverick, the highly anticipated sequel to the yes. 1986 classic aviation movie Top Gun, dropped a few hours ago, Yes, and it's giving fans their best look of what to expect in 2020. Now, I have not been able to watch the trailer yet, uh, but for this segment, I asked Muggs to pull audio from the trailer, so let's hear that. Your instructor is one of the finest pilots this program has ever produced. His exploits are legendary. What he has to teach you may very well mean the difference between life and death. Your reputation precedes you. I have to admit, I wasn't expecting an invitation back. <gasps> hmm. They're called orders, Maverick. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> All right, the volleyball scene! <laughs> I think oh, you added the volleyball oh, song oh. in. I don't think yeah. they really have Darn. that amazingly homoerotic uh, volleyball scene. <laughs> it was me being hopeful. How yes. great would that be? Though? I mean, listen, they should be the whole movie. Yeah. It should be Top Gun volleyball scene, not Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, the part that I inserted there, it came in with the uh, Maverick theme, or the uh, Top Gun theme. Oh, it did. Makes sense. That would have fit. But listen, volleyball scene, we all have hope. Top Gun Maverick sees Tom Cruise's character Pete Maverick Mitchell return to the skies in order to train a new younger crop of U.S. Navy fighter pilot cadets. The trailer not only shows Cruise uh, back in the cockpit for the first time since the original uh, Top Gun, but also gives fans a first look at flying newcomers, including Miles Teller, John Hamm, and Jennifer Connelly. Yeah. Uh, Cruise himself released the trailer on his Twitter account this morning with the caption, See you in the sky. Yeah. Uh, according to USA Today, Teller plays the son of Nick Goose Bradshaw, played by Anthony Edwards in the Goose! original film. Uh, after Goose died, he left behind a son that apparently took up his late dad's vocation. Now, I heard this, cannot confirm it, but my friend who was working on a movie with Tom Cruise said that Tom Cruise forced everyone to learn how to fly planes. Wait a minute. Yes, Wait a minute. real Wait a minute. life. Like real yes. Air Force jets. Yes, that they had to learn how to do it. But you know how he does those, like his real stunts? Yeah, and there's a scene in the trailer where he goes inverted. And it's, it's clearly like, him. And I know. it's him, and you could see like the blood in his head like <laughs> all drain. 
Yeah. It looks pretty intense. I mean, he went out of his way to prove it was him in the cockpit, yeah. clearly in the trailer. But, but like, but not flying. Yes, flying. it's him flying. No, I'm telling you, that's what they there's said. A, there's a there's got an actual pilot that's in there. Not what I hear. Tom Cruise does like his own bungee jumps and stuff in movies. He clearly would learn how to fly a plane. I think that's why he does movies at this point. He has so much money that he doesn't need to do movies, but he does need to learn how to fly a plane. Well, the jury's still out on this. I think there's somebody in there. Well, we won't be interviewing him. I can guarantee you that. It's Tom Cruise. But if we do, somehow get him in here or on the phone, we will ask him about him. him. That has to be asked. Someone we won't be interviewing is music mogul Russell Simmons, who is uh, challenging Oprah Winfrey, which is something you never want to be doing, uh, for an upcoming documentary that features a woman who has accused Russell Simmons of rape. Cancelled. Dearest Oprah, you have been a shining light to my family and my community, he wrote, contributing so much to my life that I couldn't list a fraction of it in this blog. This was on Instagram. And he wrote, this is why it's so troubling that you chose me to single out in your recent documentary. I have already admitted to being a playboy, more more appropriately titled today, womanizer, sleeping with and putting myself in more compromising situations than almost any man I know. Which sounds like he's bragging. Yeah. Uh, Humble. So many that some could reinterpret and reimagine a different recollection of the same experiences. So he's saying they just don't remember Mm. it. Several women have accused Def Jam Recordings, co-founder of sexual assault spanning multiple decades. Uh, Russell Simmons has always denied the claims. Yeah. Yeah. So. He can't He can't really back out of this one. No, and documentaries are the way to get kind of busted forever. Yeah. I mean, that's how they got R. Kelly. Can't wait for the Cuba Gooding Jr. one. Cuba Gooding I mean, Jr.? I know a personal you know story. A, a friend of, yeah, uh, what my, was it? My friend Randy's uh, sister, right. Stacy. Correct. Was was requested by Mr. Gooding well, Jr. Allegedly. 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 Right. To hover over a fishbowl. Right. And, well, you can use your imagination for the rest. Who stands around their house hitting themselves with fish? Well, Pretty they, much. They do. Yeah, um, yeah I, I do love that story. <laughs> I do love that it's third hand. Uh-huh. I do love that it's Cuba Gooding. Yep. Um, I appreciate the allegedly part just because I want to keep my job. Yes. But alleged. it also gets me to use this drop. It's a Cuba Gooding sandwich. <laughs> Which I don't get to use oh. ever. It's a Cuba Gooding sandwich. Yeah. Don't know why I ever pulled it. <laughs> I don't know when I would have used it, but I have. That's going to be the name of the documentary. <laughs> it's a, it's a Cuba Gooding sandwich. Um, I I also have a Cuba Gooding story, but mm. this is just that he was drunk at a party and was just very annoying and also talking to me about women in a way that was very weird. That wasn't allegedly. It was Fish, directly to me. Fishbowls come up? No, no, no. Or <laughs> the thing that uh, the fishbowl involves. None of that stuff okay. came up. He was just being a real creepo. Uh, yeah, that's that's the day. That's that was a good day. Uh, today's birthdays, Benjamin Bratt, Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top, William the Refrigerator Perry, and Kristen Ritter uh, from Breaking Bad. And Muggs, we'll be back tomorrow holding down the fort. We will. The uh, next four days. That's right. And you can listen to a commercial-free 5 p.m. hour with Stryker and Klein. Thanks to our friends at the Honda Helpers. SoCal Helpful Honda Dealers. There you go. Thanks so much, and we will see you tomorrow. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.